This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the Atlanta Inquirer podcast. Derek Piper, Joey Wagner here in Madison, still spotted up at the Cole Center. The Atlanta come away with a 61 to 51 win. They're sixth straight in this series. They're third straight in this building. Of course, many on this current team had never played here. Coleman Hawkins, the only one that had logged minutes against the Badgers here in Madison. But uh, we are here in a snowy Madison, we're spotted up in a suite. We'll see how long until we get kicked out. But uh, a lot to break down here and a big win for Illinois. They've won six of their last seven. On the flip side, the Badgers continue to slide. It was really a desperation spot for Wisconsin, having lost five of six, now six of their last seven. So uh, a lot to get into. Uh, Matthew Meyer, a big story, leading the Illini with 26 points. It was a very ugly first half, to say the least, for both sides. 20-16, to 16, Illinois held an advantage there. Uh, we can break down that. And then uh, the scoring search for Illinois in the second half and the defense, which continues to be a big storyline for this Illini squad. So I'll welcome in Joey Wagner now. Joey, for Illinois to further this momentum, they obviously had the Indiana loss, but to get back two in a row now with the Ohio State game, the Wisconsin game, Defense really stood out in both of those. Uh, is that what you take away from this as far as a, a big one? Um, and then, obviously, Matthew Meyer, too, uh, is, is a big storyline and a, someone you're writing about after this one. Yeah, we can uh, we can get into the Matthew Meyer. Let's call him the Matthew Meyer show because all of him is a lot. <laughs> and it's not in a bad way. It's just a unique individual. Uh, it, the numbers suggest defense, right? Like, you look, Wisconsin shot 18% from the field in the first half, 33% from the game, and that's not to say Illinois' defense had nothing to do with that because Illinois largely played pretty good defense. But that first half especially, Derek, Illinois got bailed out by Wisconsin missing some, some good looks. I wouldn't say great looks. wouldn't say I mean, there's fine looks, like looks that you would think Wisconsin would make in the comforts of the Kohl's Center. And, and Illinois – Really needed that because Illinois also missed looks that we've seen Illinois make time over. This was kind of a, not to steal from Brad Underwood. um, He actually didn't say this. We haven't heard culture win yet from Brad Underwood this year, and I don't know that I would go that far with this. It's kind of a toughness win. Uh, You withstood an ugly, I mean, it's just an ugly first half. It's abysmal. They combined for 36 first half points. It was 20 to 16 at halftime. It's nothing. Terrence Shannon was in foul trouble. 
you just didn't have much offense. Matthew Meyer shot a lot, and he, he made a few, but I, I, I liked where he found some of those shots. But then you, you go out, you take a, I think it was a 12-point lead in the second half, and you're like, okay, this is, this is what you think, and Wisconsin punches back. And Illinois, a team that hasn't been in a lot of tight road environments, ha- hasn't been, a lot of these guys haven't really been in the, the Cole Center, which isn't some, like, mecca of insanity, but it's a tough place to win. And they come back and they respond with a closing run of their own and end up winning by 10, probably should have been 13, another Ohio State case of a, a last-second three for Wisconsin. I, I thought it was just kind of a, a tough win, a, a win that, and I, I know we've said this a few times over the course of this month of January, where and we can get into the month that Illinois has turned it around a little bit here, a lot of bit, I should say. But this is a game Illinois probably doesn't win in the early parts of December, in the middle parts of late, I mean, at any point in December, even that first uh, stretch at Northwestern. I, I thought it was a tough win, Derek. That's the best way I can come up with it. Yeah, absolutely. I'll be writing about toughness and also this team now with the nice stretches they've been on starting to look like more and more what we expected and what this team expected to be going into the year. And defensively, we know that Brad has talked about since the offseason this can be one of his best defensive squads, if not his his best since he's been here at Illinois. And you look at the Ken Palm numbers now. I know we were digging through it there right after the press conference. And I believe going back to the Wisconsin game in Champaign, Illinois was 33rd in defensive efficiency at that point. They're currently 16th in the country in defensive efficiency. So they've climbed into the top 20. Uh, they're third in league play uh, as far as that end of the floor as well. So, yeah, I agree with you. I, I don't think that it was something that w- was so suffocating and spectacular, uh, at least in terms of all of Illinois' credit there in the first half and really in the game in general. Like Wisconsin is reeling as a team right now. Uh, they, they're not ha- having an offense that is – all that effective. They're, they're showing signs. Oh my gosh, Wisconsin might be human as a program where they lose Johnny Davis, they lose Brad Davis, and it actually hurts them and actually looks like a team that uh, has taken some steps back. But uh, we know Tyler Wall's very capable. Uh, still hasn't really gotten back to his his full self, or at least the all league caliber player that we've kind of known him to be or expected him to be since returning from the ankle. Uh, he's been back the now four straight games, Wisconsin one and three in those, and he really hasn't exploded any of those games. Uh, Chucky Hepburn was held down for most of this game, did get going there in the second half, had 15 points. Uh, and, and Stephen Crowell, didn't, a, a guy that hurt Illinois in Champaign with 20 points, but today uh, only seven for him. So all in all, I think that on, on the, the big picture of it, Illinois did a good job once again, for the most part, of, of sticking on shooters. I, I look at a guy like Connor Asesian wasn't able to get going today. RJ was on him a good amount. And just in general, Illinois didn't allow things to be easy for Wisconsin. Wisconsin only shot seven free throws, so uh, they didn't give them those points at the free throw line either. And then offensively, like you were talking about, for danger to – score eight straight in the first half, Matthew Meyer to get going, a guy that's ultra-confident. And for as much as Terrence Shannon was struggling, and he never really clicked it into high gear to be able to to shake what was a tough day from the field. He had a couple offensive fouls. He, he was just trying to get downhill, but a little reckless, a little just scuffling in that standpoint. But when you have two guys who can be full-fledged stars and one is off and the other one – picks up the slack and it just goes on a career high 26 points and, and feels that heater hits you know that that patented like 
pump fake step back three and you're like okay it's on for Matthew Meyer and uh, a guy that I've been talking about recently I love how he's getting downhill too I mean he drew five fouls he's someone that can go to the lane and make plays speaking of which Jaden Epps who had some some tough shots there in the lane maybe forced it a couple of times uh, made a really composed finish there down the stretch and uh, we can also give credit for one of the plays of the game RJ Melendez to be able to rise up and posterize Wisconsin. So they weathered a, a, a big storm in a, in a place that's tough to win. And if we can talk about, and we have, that Wisconsin is where they're going to go from here, I'm not sure. But they're, they're in a tough rut right now. But still, it, it still bears repeating that this is a tough place to win. Wisconsin kind of had the game, at least in terms of when you're analyzing the, like, it was a Wisconsin type of game. When it's 20-16, to 16, I know Illinois was still winning at the half, but it's kind of like this is the slog that Wisconsin usually feels pretty comfortable comfortable in. If you let them hang around in it, uh, it could get dangerous for you. They go on a 15-2 run in the second half. And like like you mentioned there, you know, pre, in previous spots in this season, I don't know that Illinois would have handled that all that well. But uh, an encouraging thing to hear from the players, to hear from Brad, is that you know, the communication in the huddle. Like for, for Brad to be able to go to someone like Matt and, and, you know, Matt said back in December, hey, me and Brad aren't seeing eye to eye. Well, now they're to the point of like, okay, Matt, what do you want me to run? And Matt is, is dialing it up and, and they're having that cohesion, that connection. Coleman, he said, uh, Brad said was really great in those huddles to, and I thought Coleman played good defense and rebounded. So uh, you're, you're seeing a team that has added toughness, had has added togetherness, and you, you just – you like that you were able to – to grind it out, figure it out, and respond from that big Wisconsin run. Yeah, and I think a, a lot of that is is you've got a a guy who's Terrence Shannon's a star, but it wasn't his night. The foul trouble he never got in a rhythm. You got a guy who's turning into a star, Matt Meyer, right? And he, he's a guy you thought you were getting when you went in the portal and you made the splash to get him out of Baylor. And it was a it was a slow start. I don't think he came in in very good shape. I think uh, Brad Underwood has said that. I think Matt Meyer has has said as much. And you're starting to see him just kind of find himself. And and you've noticed when Matt Meyer is on, like, it just it feels like everyone knows. I've never been, I, mean, I, I think you and I have kind of joked, Matt Meyer thinks Matt Meyer is open quite a bit. And and that's not a not, like, I thought that was really needed in the first half. Because it's like, you looked around offensively, it's like, who's going to score a point for this? Like, Terrence Shannon's in foul trouble. Jaden Epps was, I mean, he's still a freshman at the Cole Center, which, again, I, I I'm cautious to not paint this place, especially this season, as some, like, nightmare. But it, you're still on the road. It's a freshman on the road in a game that you want to keep building. And, and Matt Meyer just let it fly, man. He, he let it fly and didn't make a lot. I mean, I don't say a lot, but he, the first half, it wasn't like he was on some, you know, insane heater. He had that tough uh, three-pointer. He got fouled, didn't convert the free throw. And like, oh, that's all right. He's going to. He's going to put this up, but when you have a guy like him who can light it up like he can, and, and credit to Brad Underwood, credit to the players on the field. And, and look, let's also say he's not bashful. If Matt Myers feeling it. Uh, yeah, Jay Neps told us, he said, Matt said, just give me the ball. So-and-so's guarding me. That's not a problem. Give me the ball. And, like, that gets you out of those moments. It's, it's a get-out-of-jail-free type of card when you have somebody who can just make some buckets to sustain uh, some of those – those tough shooting days. It's a second straight tough shooting game, Derek, that Illinois is going to you know, end up leaving with the win. I just think that's what you go and get those guys for out of the portal. And, and you know, I, 
you've had Brad Underwood's teams in the past. I know you and I talked about this coming back from Lincoln. Culture is everything for Brad, but there is an intersection of culture and a megastar who can carry you. I would assume it was that. Kofi Coburn was that. not saying Matthew Meyer is a megastar, but he and Terrence Shannon probably combined for one, and, and it's just a couple more cards to play. I thought he was just – he was really important. We can talk about Jaden Nassau. If you told me right now, like if you – just said you don't know anything about these guys. You watch Jaden Epps on the floor. You're like, it's probably a junior, I, I would suspect. He's, he just has an older game, and, and that's not like the old man YMCA pickup game. I'm probably, It's just a very composed – there are a couple times I thought he maybe got rattled, but he just has a, a composure about him that that's kind of contagious and that Illinois needs out of its lead guard. But it, uh, to me it started with Matthew Meyer today offensively to, to be able to weather that and – and deal with a bad first half and just pair that with defense that's it's really coming around. I mean, analytically, it, it's something to look at, just the way that they've they've come around. So you put all those things together and needed a couple factors, you know, but they, they still get out of here and kind of keep this hot month of January, which we've seen Brad Underwood's teams do, going. Yeah, and that defense allows you to be a consistent team, and we've been waiting for consistency with this, this squad to be able to develop, and when you've won six of seven, you're obviously starting to establish that Matthew Myers' uh, elevated energy, his defense has, has been a big factor, but I do want to get into some of his scoring before we move on to Jaden Epps. So, uh, Meyer coming into this year, his career high, 22 points, was in the NCAA tournament last year against Norfolk State. He had one other game against West Virginia on the road last year that he put up 20. So those were the two games that he had eclipsed or at least hit the 20-point mark. Uh, he had done so two other times earlier this season. Texas, he had 21. Alabama A&M, he had 21. But I think another thing, on the note of consistency, not only for Matt to jump up and score 26 tonight and have that explosive of an outing, but if – Outside of the Indiana game, which Brad mentioned Matt was sick. He only took four shots in that game. He's been in double figures every single game this month of January. He had 19 at Minnesota. He had 19 at home against Michigan State. Uh, so for him to be able to be that consistent, it is the scoring that's been able to be consistent. It's his rebounding that's, that's been very uh consistent as well it's something that he's definitely bringing we know that he's got the shot blocking dynamic as well so uh, I do want and Joe you're gonna have the full story in the line I inquired it you're definitely gonna want to check out the paints the the Matthew Meyer picture but we do got to tell the headband story so if you can fill the listeners in Matthew Meyer sporting a headband here in this game and just kind of the character that is Matthew Meyer I think and I, I told this to you and, I, and maybe it's it doesn't completely characterize it perfectly but I think Matt is a guy that number one he, he's he's so fun and different uh, I think when you talk to him you're always your ears perk up you wonder what he's going to say you know he's going to be funny he's a character when things are going great you, you love that dude but maybe when things aren't going as well and obviously when he says some things that others would maybe not want aired out to the media maybe then you're gonna you're gonna wonder if he's an issue or if you know, he's uh, aloof or anything. He, he's a guy that is focused. He's a different different cat, as you would say. Uh, he is very internally focused on, on controlling himself and, and worried about, you know, what that looks like for him. So, uh, But he's obviously gotten it going. He's obviously comfortable. Him and Brad have obviously uh, been able to smooth things out and, and built what seems to be a, a good relationship. So the headband story and just kind of the – the character that is Matthew Meyer at this point in the season and what he means for Illinois. 
Yeah, before I do that, real quick. So, uh, his career top ten scoring outputs, five have come at Illinois, which is exactly what he transferred to Illinois for, right? To be that guy who can step into a larger role. But you, I think you've just seen him come alive here, especially as his calendar flipped. And you can go back and include the Texas game in that. But the headband story, that's the that's story of the day. Derek Piper from Madison, Wisconsin. We saw him, so he's got the mustache. That, that broke out against... Ohio State on Tuesday and, and yesterday, so Friday at practice, we went in for our availability and we see Matthew Meyer come out and he's he's got this white headband. I, I don't want to call it a. I got to pull up a picture of it at some point because it's hard to describe it. Like it is a headband, but it's not like one of your like like you would think of like a Nike, like kind of like a a claw, like a, and one of the sturdier, I guess, sweatbands as I would probably describe them. I don't even know how to describe it. So I said, yeah, what's uh, what would you, What's the story behind this? Where'd you get it? I don't know. I found it in the locker room, meaning the up and practice facility, on Friday, and I just put it on. I said, "That's what I'm going to wear for the game on Saturday." I said, "So you don't, you don't know who it belonged to?" Or he's like, "No, I didn't smell though, so it's pretty new." <laughs> like that is so much Matthew Meyer, in a nutshell, right? A guy who's just—he's—he's he's a different cat, and that's—it may sound like a knock every time I say it. I think that seems like it's. It's worse than I want it to sound, but he's just very much like there's so much around college athletics in the sense of like you've got to be these rigid like this is you know everything's got to be revolving around the game of basketball. I'm not saying it doesn't for Matt. He is a very very driven basketball player, but he doesn't fall into the you know just say the the cookie cutter and get out of there or, or don't. You know, he warms up in like a Bill Belichick sweatshirt. Uh, it's got sleeves, but the rest, it's like, it's got to be a 5XL. He's out there just, and he just doesn't seem phased. Like, if people want to be, hey, he's a weird or different cat, he'd probably be like, all right, well, I don't care. Like, that's just him. And I, I think there's something, I don't want to say like admirable. I'm not trying to make it out to be anything that it's it's not, but good for him for just coming into a new team and just being exactly. Who he is, I know he and Brad Underwood have a really good relationship in the sense that Matt's a, like he can deadpan joke pretty well, and, and he's not afraid in intense moments and in, in practice. And Brad Underwood, I know everyone sees the the screaming and all that on the sideline. He'll he'll throw it back too a, a little bit here and, and start to to bust chops to to take a quote from Scrubs a, a little bit. And so he and Matt go back and forth with that. And I think on a young team when everything can just feel really like. Tense, or even in the the throes of that December slide, it's it's good to have a guy like that. And it's not that he's just some end of the bench guy out here just causing chaos on the basketball floor. And look, I get it; it's not for everybody either. But I just I think his personality just kind of fits what what this team needs, and just kind of the the demeanor about it. But don't mistake him for a guy who cares or doesn't care if the team wins or if like all that matters to him. I think that's pretty evident to us, but he's also the guy who's going to pick up a headband up the up in locker room floor or show up to a post game in, in the middle of freaking Wisconsin in January in shorts. And he's like, I don't like being cold. Sometimes I just walk around outside in the cold with, with very, he said, oh, I don't want to, I like the cold. He said, I take a lot of cold showers. I walk outside in the cold with not much clothes on. <laughs> it's Matthew Meyer. I don't, I don't know, man. I He's picturing like in a robe on Green Street, maybe like <laughs> middle of the day in February, just taking a stroll. He's he's a fun dude. Like he, he's a fun dude 
to cover, to get to know. And, and to your point, I think it probably helps that Illinois has won six or seven games. And, and things seem to be on the upswing here. And this pro, this team is looking more like the team we thought. But I, I enjoy it. It's like, hey, Matthew Meyer will be available to the media tomorrow. Like, wonderful. I will see you tomorrow. Like, that's those are the fun ones, Derek. But to compliment him, I don't get into Jaden Naps because I think you just see him. I think this is the second game in a row that he started as third Overall, if you go back to the Alabama A&M game, and I, I don't think this is the case of like sincere Harris. We we know he's limited offensively, but I don't think this is the case of Brad just. I think Jaden Epps earned this. It's a point I'm making, and it wasn't just a change for the sake of making a change. He comes in, he plays like a, a veteran point guard who doesn't seem to get phased by much. Doesn't seem to. He gets rattled. He hits big shots. He, he controls the offense. You've seen him become a lot more steady as a facilitator, as a point guard. And it's coinciding with Illinois starting to make these climbs uh, up the standings, up the Ken Palm. I think Ken Palm's kind of the go-to number here. Up, the, up some of those rankings, Derek. But he's been, he's been pretty impressive here uh, his freshman year. Yeah, absolutely. And you, you mentioned it there, steadying influence. I think he's really stabilized that point guard position, and he's, he's brought consistency to it. Now, that's not to say that he doesn't still have some ebbs and flows and, and some, some freshman-type moments where maybe he will, will miss around the rim or, or make a few mistakes. But a guy that never seems to be rattled or in, too much in a, in a hurry or a rush, and uh, for a guy that even, you know, missed some around the basket or made some mistakes earlier in the game, just the – the persistence, the confidence that he has to be able to get to the rim, and uh, that's something that showed late in that game. And, man, he's been a double-figure guy most nights. I think it's eight out of the last ten games he's been in double figures. And, and to think back to where things were at the point guard position late in December, obviously Sky with how much he was struggling. And uh, Jaden was able to, to do some, some good things, and he's always been someone that, has provided a scoring punch, but now that Brad has just given him more responsibility, put more on his plate, and to to now be in that starting lineup, he he's taken it and running with it. He mentioned to us after the game how he wants to be more vocal, be more of a leader. It's it's a it's a point guard of the future coming into his own, and in the middle of a season, we're starting to see it look like more and more of not being that newcomer, of not being kind of the deer in the headlights, and again like. To come into Cole Center, you're facing Chucky Hepburn, who was a freshman last year. He's now a veteran in this league. He, he's been through the wars. But uh, Jaden has too, and Jaden was not scared. Jaden was able to make some key plays down that stretch. So for him to have 13 tonight, shoot 50% from the field on a night when you know not, not much was going offensively on either side, uh, that was a big boost. But I just get the same vibes that you do as far as someone that – doesn't feel like a freshman. Someone I know that, you know, I know our good friend Trevor Valise hit us in the in the group message, and I, I think it's it's a it's a sentiment that a lot of Illini fans are are sharing right now. I mean, just to think about who he's going to be next year, who he's going to be down the road. But I even think right now for this team, he's someone that you're just putting more and more faith and trust in. And when he's going downhill, he can. He can get in that paint pretty much at will, it seems like, and had some really big ones. Uh, and I, I mentioned the RJ dunk is one that really was a, a turning point. Jaden hit a, a big three right before that. Then RJ drives and, and dunks on 
pretty much the state of Wisconsin. And, and after that, it, it was pretty much all she wrote. It, it to the point where Illinois was leading by 17 with four to go and people hitting the exits. So uh, that really was able to to flip the switch to demoralize Wisconsin. And, and when they were sitting there wondering, you have the stat right here in front of us, 15 to two runs since the, the RJ dunk there. Um, so, yeah, that changed the game. It, it put Wisconsin away, and uh, that was pretty much all she wrote. On the note of, I kind of want to look a little bit big picture uh, as far as this series, and then we can wrap up with what's ahead here for Illinois. But I was digging through the series stats, and it, we do have some questions that uh, we had people weigh in on Twitter, a few that we want to get to. But uh, there have not been many teams a – Example, a whatever you want to call of consistency in the Big Ten, that being Wisconsin, you can pretty much pencil them into the top five in the league almost each and every year. There haven't been many that have reeled off six in a row against this Badgers program, but Illinois is actually one of three that has won at least six against the Badgers in a row uh, since 1999. Michigan State did it 99-2001. I didn't know this. Uh, they won eight in a row, actually, including four in the same season. They beat Wisconsin four times, twice in the regular season, once in the conference tournament, and once in the Final Four. Uh, Tom Izzo uh, has had a, a nice run, actually two, eight in a row against the Badgers 2016 to 2020. But now Illinois, which it was a, a death wish or whatever you want to call it, um, seeing Wisconsin on your schedule through the latter stretches of the Bruce Weber era, through John Gross, early part of, of Brad Underwood. They lost 15 in a row to Wisconsin, and especially coming into this building, uh, it was always a house of horrors. Now Illinois has won six in a row against Wisconsin, three in a row uh, against uh, the Badgers here in Madison. So to to really flip that and to have built that, that long of a streak against a program that is just so good and has been so consistent, uh, that says a lot about Illinois here. It does, and I do want to point out, because Kofi Coburn, that year after Iowa, and that's not to say he wasn't really good against Wisconsin with Iowa, but like it started here in that 2019-20 season. Iowa hits the dagger in those road blues. I know we'll, we'll get to the, the sweet road blues. I like them. I think they're awesome. At any rate, like it started with that, and it's like, okay, well, Iowa, you got the, your megastar who's going to do it. And then Kofi just tormented. I mean, he absolutely tormented Wisconsin last year. But then they go in... And they do it without Io Dasumi, without Kofi Coburn. That's to take nothing away from Terrence Shannon or Matthew Meyer, but like you're doing it, I don't want to say through eras because that's not enough to be an era, but you're doing it through different leaders, different focal points of what you're doing offensively, defensively. And look, Wisconsin's down this year. I mean, that's that's just the fact of it. This is a team that's kind of a mess right now, Derek Piper. Uh, but I, I did think it was notable that it wasn't just, oh, yeah, remember those three years that Kofi Coburn just absolutely eviscerated them and it was 6-0 and against Wisconsin? Because that wasn't the case. It, it was Iowa, it was Kofi, and now you're seeing it be Terrence Shannon, Matthew Meyer. I don't remember who was the leading scorer the first game against Wisconsin. My gut instinct, I'm going to pull up Ken Palm, my gut instinct would tell me it would have been Terrence Shannon because Terrence Shannon, as Shannon he so often then, is, uh, Coleman, Hawkins Coleman Hawkins hits the threes. That's exactly right. Good call. So you're seeing it with just different kind of lead catalysts here, and I, I think you're you're seeing that's an evolution of Brad Underwood's program, a continuation of what they've built. And, and it's six in a row against Wisconsin's a trip, man. That, that's not an easy 
thing to do, and it's Brad Underwood and Tom Izzo since 99. That's a, that's a pretty good company for Brad Underwood. Those are two coaches that can uh, really school you up and two coaches that can really recruit talent. So uh, there have been, to your point, some dudes that Wisconsin just haven't been able to handle. I thought Shannon would be that again here today. Uh, he had a rough game, but obviously Matthew Meyer able to be that, that dude, that dude to get it going and – Wisconsin had no answer for them. On the note of Wisconsin sliding here, I mean, I, I don't want to take away too much from Illinois' defense. They hold Wisconsin today to 51, but the Badgers, in their last game at Maryland, 55 points only. They scored 45 on the road at Indiana. So uh, they're down to 129th. Ken Palm offensive efficiency rating. They're not a good scoring offense. Uh, Johnny Davis cannot come and save them. As far as the Big Ten standings, obviously there will be some shifting as we go through the rest of the weekend, but as we record right now, you look at Illinois sitting there at 6-4. and four. They're tied with Michigan State, who will play Purdue tomorrow, that being Sunday, at Mackey. So Illinois tied for fourth, Purdue 9-1, and one, Rutgers 6-3, and three, Northwestern 6-3, and three, Illinois trying to just climb up that ladder. And you got Nebraska on Tuesday at home, a game that obviously is very, very winnable. Then you're on the road next weekend at Iowa. The chance to separate yourself from that that dog pile, that, that congestion, whatever you want to call it there in the middle of the Big Ten. And you look at Ken Palm right now. Uh, Illinois projected at 12-8 and eight in the league. That would be third right now as far as the projections. But uh, a, a big win to take a step up that ladder to be able to be above that, that middle of the pack and, and work yourself into, I mean, you, you got a ways to go to get in Purdue territory. I don't know if anybody will, but to kind of be in that top tier and be in a position for a top three or four seed in the Big Ten tournament and, and as you're building your resume as well. Yeah, I think that's what I want to get into before we get into a couple of the questions we have is the month of January. It, January 4th, I, th I think, was the um, Northwestern debacle i mean that was that was like a bottoming out type of of moment it was january 4th a 73 60 loss in evanston to northwestern that dropped illinois to zero and three in the big 10 and i think at that point we knew like okay if illinois is going to rebound i don't know that there's maybe the best feeling in the world uh that illinois was going to string together what, what it has in the month of january and it has traditionally done derek in the month of january but to go from 0-3 in the Big Ten to now 6-4 and in the Big Ten, the one loss being to Indiana, Brad Underwood will tell you in no uncertain terms that it was a 19th straight day on and his team was exhausted. We'll see. We'll see how that bears fruit here as you move forward into February. But they've climbed up, to your point, they've climbed back up the Big Ten standings. They've kind of reestablish themselves with the top 25 kind of on fire right now around college basketball as we record this. They might end up finding themselves on Monday at that bottom end of that top 25. You're, it's really, and I know we've talked a lot about it. We've talked about the, the stylistic changes. We've talked about the rotation changes, the settling in of roles, the, the stepping up of Matthew Meyer into some of those, those bigger scoring. And just that Coleman Hawkins has been, I think, largely – pretty good, especially defensively. The scoring's been a little up and down, but you see his value in a lot of ways. What they've done in January, and, and I think you and I both think, someone's going to get mad at us for saying this ahead of time, but I, I think you and I both think that Illinois should probably beat Nebraska at the State Farm Center on Tuesday. So you're going to go through the month of January with 
likely seven win in your last eight and seven of nine overall after that first loss to Northwestern, or the only loss to Northwestern in January. It's a hell of a turnaround, Derek. And, and this isn't just some one-off season where Brad Underwood's teams catch lightning in a bottle here in the month of January into February. Obviously, everyone's going to want to talk about March. I understand that. But why? why? Why is Illinois able to put this together, put these Januaries together? And, and even if you look back, Derek, at Oklahoma State, uh, when Brad was there, they were 0-6 to start in the league and turned it around. I, I think he would tell you practice, and, and I don't know that I would – I'm not somebody who enjoys a lot of exercise myself, <laughs> so I don't know that I would personally enjoy one of Brad Underwood's uh, mid-semester practices, but it sounds cliche, and I, I think I kind of roll my eyes at times when he says that because it's like, okay – but there's something there. there. There's something there because the way that they're able to write themselves out of the disaster that usually is bragging rights is, is impressive, and you're seeing it now this year. Yeah, on the note of exercise, I'm definitely not down for the, the runs in the snow that people were doing when we were driving in here to Madison. I don't generous. Okay, the <laughs> fast walks in the snow, whatever you want to call it, they were all, uh, you know, under-armored up or, or whatever you want to, where, you know, uh, exercising around the lake. It didn't look very... A, a slow stroll around the ice fishing show that was happening. <laughs> I've, I've never seen ice fishing in real life. There's a, there's a large crowd for ice fishing. Uh, not, not as large as the sellout crowd here at Cole Center today, but uh, it was happening. Happened out there on the lake. But, yeah, I, I can't really explain it, but it's exactly the Brad Underwood stamp that he's put on this program is each and every January into February, his team figures it out. His team gets on a heater for whatever reason. Again, it's it's practice. It's the fact of him being able to have identities and, and roles be able to be established, uh, the fact that he's been willing to pivot, been willing to make adjustments and, and adapt. Uh, I know that uh, in-game stuff is still something that people will, will raise on him and want him to be able to, to pivot to a little, a little bit quicker or be able to adjust to but one thing you can't knock him on is that if he sees something over the course of a season he's been able to uh, you know make make the right move push the right buttons I, I still I think he's a very good motivator there, there are obviously games where they come out flat and uh, but that that's kind of the nature of a season you're, you're not going to be perfect and, and fully 100% motivated every night but they've found consistency there in January into February the last handful of years as as soon as this thing got turned around in 2019-20 in so uh, this looks like a very underwood January going into February uh, we'll see if they can continue to build that consistency I think there are still certain pieces of this team that can take it up even another notch as far as the shot making you know the, the three-point shooting can really get better at how much they could use Luke Goody knocking down threes in the corner and again we we don't know We've kind of been over this in recent weeks. We don't know what kind of version of Luke we're going to see, a guy that hasn't played basketball in, in three months and is just trying to get full go into a practice here coming up next week, hopefully. But RJ obviously is struggling from three. A, n a number of guys, especially when you get those lineups from Sincere and, and Ty Rogers out there, can be offensively challenged. But, yeah, he's he's figured it out. I, I think the, the identities of, of the team – have blended, and I, I think like Matthew Meyer being able to to come into his own and, and get comfortable, and just th these guys in the in the locker room are, are definitely fighting for each other, and the defense helps it. The the turnover rate offensively has gone down a big uh, a big amount, which which helps 
execution at that end of the floor. And yeah, you, you've had Shannon Meyer be your, your studs most nights. Uh, Coleman didn't really produce all that well tonight, but he's someone that can really, as an X factor, uh, take it up another notch. But I do think he played good defense and rebounded. So uh, this is just who Brad Underwood is and, and what he's been able to do in the Big Ten. And yeah, like you said, there late December into January, you wondered because of all the new faces, because there wasn't a trend, because there wasn't an IO, a Kofi, fill in the blank. Maybe this was the year it didn't click and didn't, you know, turn into some run. But, uh, and I know I'm going on here, but one thing I would even say, and look, I'm not just defending myself, but uh, when, when, I, when I wrote The Vibe is Off back in December, I, I put in that article that, you know, I, I've seen enough from Brad Underwood in previous seasons to know that you can't put the final judgment on a, an Underwood team in December. It'd be foolish to do so because each and every year, if anyone wrote the the ending of the script in that at that time period, you'd be proven wrong. I mean, it would be completely different by the time you get through a season, and that's a credit to a good coach that makes his team better throughout the course of a season. Obviously, Brad Underwood has shown that he can do that. Yes, it's been an impressive string of here, string of Januarys, Februarys since that turnaround, Derek, in 2019-2020. Got to get to Jersey Gate. Got to get, I think that's, uh, well, we can get to the fun one. Are the rims at Kohl Center regulation size? They do appear to be uh, the way I look at it, Derek. I, I'm assuming you have the same vantage point. But Jersey Gate, Illinois rocked the road blues first time this season. Illinois was 2-20 and 20 under Brad Underwood in the Road Blues. Uh, the two wins were Iota Sumu specials at Ohio State. Iota, was that freshman, that's freshman year? That was his freshman they, year, yeah. It was, and he had that, it's kind of the, how do I want to put this? It's kind of like the fake rally part of the season where they started to get, it, it was, I mean, the, the team struggled. That was a struggle of a season, and they, they kind of stole the Michigan State win. They had the Ohio State win. Uh, then, obviously, Io had the dagger uh, at the Kohl Center in early 2020 that really kick-started everything uh, from that point. I don't think it was an accident, Derek Piper, that they broke these jerseys out for the first time at the Kohl Center. I asked Jaden Epps, I said, did you know it's like a record thing with those jerseys where – did you know about that? And he said, hey, like 2-20 and 20 or something, right? Like he had to confirm it. <laughs> Come on, we, we knew that you knew. And his quote was, we had the mentality we were going to break that. We told them, let's wear the blue jerseys. We're going to break the curse. I guess they said it was a curse. guess we broke it. Well, there it is, Jaden Epps. Uh, do, the question being, do they rock these the next road game, which would be in Iowa City one week from today, Derek against the Iowa Hawkeyes. Early bets? What, what are the early odds here? Man, uh, no, I, I do like the, the unis. Uh, I don't mind them at all. Uh, I know I remember seeing them at Arizona, and that was Io's sophomore year, Kofi's freshman year, I believe. Uh, they got rocked in that game, but and they ha have had some bad results with them in general. Um, I don't know. I, I think that there's obviously some good options. The, the oranges look perfectly fine especially if you want to break out the throwback oranges those are my personal favorite and a lot of people love the the white script but yeah to get the blue jerseys back in the mix i know andy olson from wcia told me that they didn't wear them at all last year uh, and that he had thought it had been two seasons since they they put those on at all but yeah definitely not a coincidence 
And to your point as far as the wins go, I think that stretch, Iowa's freshman year, the Michigan State win, the win at Ohio State, it was kind of like the, the movie trailer for what was to come with the program. Uh, it, it was just kind of that that tease, that glimpse for like a three or four game stretch. It was like, okay, the breakthrough's coming. Obviously, the end result in the season or, or the record at the very end wasn't going to be what they wanted, but it, it showed what was on the way. And then Io here was such a pivotal moment for the program to be able to, not I mean, beyond just the Wisconsin series, but it really was flipping the switch on some some top tier, top of the food chain type of teams in the Big Ten really owning you and going into their place and being able to beat them. Il- obviously, Illinois, that, that was the start of a long streak in the Big Ten, which was their official breakthrough, their arrival moment as a, or I should say return uh, towards that top of the, t- uh, the Big Ten and really at the top of the Big Ten when you think about Brad Underwood's record in the league over the last three-plus seasons. So, uh, yeah, I – I don't mind them. I, I wouldn't mind seeing them at, at Iowa, but um, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I don't know about Iowa. I, I think you, you're cautious, but I do think they have back-to-back road games. Penn State on a Tuesday, Indiana on a Saturday. I don't anticipate seeing them for Indiana. Uh, that does not feel like a, like a color scheme for that game. Wouldn't be surprised to see them roll into Penn State in blue. I, I, be curious. We'll see. I, I do think, I'm looking at the schedule here before we wrap up, Pick up a 12-pack of our favorite new New Glarus. New Glarus, someone's going to correct me. I don't care. Uh, and head back through the, the snowy snowy terrain here, uh-huh. Derek of Wisconsin. Cheers to these Tuesday, Saturday runs here. Uh, that, that, is a, that is an enjoyable schedule. Obviously, Ohio State was Tuesday today at Wisconsin Saturday. Nebraska Tuesday at Iowa Saturday. Minnesota home Tuesday, February 7th. Rutgers home February 11th. That is a Saturday at Penn State Tuesday, Indiana Saturday. So for a team that just went through, a, I don't know if you heard, Derek, um, around the Indiana game, they were on for 19 straight days. I'm not trying to minimize it. That's a lot. Like that, that is a long stretch to, to constantly be mentally on, physically on. Uh, but for a team that went through that, and a lot of teams the Big Ten have or either have, will, or are currently in, uh, that, that's a – you probably get a lot accomplished uh, just as a team in, in some of those stretches. Be it off days or just a little more time to, to focus on you. I think that's a pretty favorable setup there in the month of February. Yeah, for sure. It is going to get tough there towards especially – I mean, it will as soon as you, you walk into Carver-Hawkeye. Obviously, that's going to be a really tough game. But uh, the schedule, as you get later into the month of February in particular, we know that last stretch – Illinois is going to go through, and you're, you're at Indiana. Or I should even throw in, obviously, Penn State, a team that beat you by 15 uh, on your home floor and one that is very feisty and a, and a big challenge. But at Penn State, at Indiana, Northwestern at home, of course, I, I mean, I, it's it's worth mentioning, like, right now Chris Collins' team is a tournament team. Uh, they're playing good basketball, so that will not be one you can sleep through. And then you're at Ohio State, Michigan at home, and at Purdue. But yeah, as far as the the, the balance of the of the schedule, you, you don't want to get burned out as you go down the, the the latter stretches of the of this year. It's crazy. There's only ten games left in the regular season, but yeah, to have a, a nice scheduling balance, you are going to get those two day preps, as they call it. Uh, when you think about you know you go from Saturday to Tuesday, but the the gap uh, you know from the the front end of the week into those Saturday games uh, it sets up nicely. Sets up nicely for those of us that uh, actually drive on the road and, and do all that kind of stuff who put in the the long hours uh on the grind but uh 
you know, we, we enjoy doing it. It's our job. And uh, speaking of which, we gotta we gotta get back. We gotta beat this snowstorm that's rolling its way through Wisconsin. So that'll wrap us up here on the Atlanta Inquirer podcast. We thank you for listening. Us, subscribe to us, rate us, review us, uh, check us out. IlliniInquirer.com. If you're not a VIP member, uh, I would highly encourage you to give us a try. Uh, we, we've got recruiting coverage, obviously, uh, coverage for the rest of the basketball season. Uh, Jeremy Warner, uh, our own, not on the podcast today, but he was up at a Illini Guardians event. A lot of football content coming from that. So uh, that'll do it for us. We'll talk to you on Tuesday. I'm sure Jeremy will have something probably with Mike Tulip in the meantime. But uh, for Joey Wagner, Derek Piper, here it, at Cole Center before they kick us out of this building. We'll talk to you next time on the Illini Inquirer podcast. Bye, everybody.